Before we start the episode, we have a special reminder for you. It's that time of year again. The 2022 ambassador application is live and waiting for you to fill it out. A Sweat Life's ambassadorship program is full of perks that you'll absolutely love. From a supportive wellness community, killer workouts, fabulous events, and tons of free swag, we've got you covered for everything from ice cream to protein powder. Whether you're looking for a group to work out with, to cook with, to read with, to laugh with, or to dream with, a Sweat Life ambassadors are here and ready for you to join. Applying is super easy and becoming an ambassador will be one of the most rewarding decisions you'll make. We promise. So besides finishing this captivating podcast, what are you waiting for? Apply to a Sweat Life's ambassador program to make 2022 your happiest, most goal-filled year yet. We can't wait to meet you. Apply at a sweatlife.com backslash 2022 dash ambassadors. That's a sweatlife.com backslash 2022 dash A M B A S S A D O R S. See you soon. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. It's up to the listeners if we got goals this week. On this episode, you will hear mentions and descriptions of sexual assault and rape. So if those things are not something that you want to hear this week, just avoid this episode and skip to the next one. And on to the episode. Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson, Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life. And today with me on We Got Goals is Shandy Nichols. She's the founder of Boss Gloss, a product you may have tried at our sweat working week. Shandy, we were so excited to meet you in Chicago. How was your time here? Hi, Gina. Uh, thanks so much for having me, first of all. Um, and Honestly, the time in Chicago was so fun. Um, I now want to find any excuse to go there. So um, anything you do, just call me, let me know. I'll be there. It was so great to meet all the different gym owners there, all the people who came up to the events, and just introduce everybody to Boss Gloss. Um, I loved it. And so you're calling in, you're Zooming in from Austin, right? I am, yeah. We love Austin. Uh, how long have you lived there? Gosh, I've been in Austin now for 15 years. Oh boy. That's like how long I've been in Chicago now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, we settle, we stay, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So talk to me, what is Boss Gloss before we jump in? Yeah. So Boss Gloss is the brainchild of, I feel like all these life experiences that I've had. Um, I've been a hairstylist for 15 years. I'm very active and also am really passionate about um, helping others. And so Boss Gloss just kind of came and it is, um, we're essentially a, a line that's a functional self-care products for every single person who would ever need it. Um, really catering to uh, the active community. So our first product is um, a hair treatment that you can apply um, whenever and wherever. So it goes on dry, dirty hair. So there's no more excuse of why you can't deep condition your hair. And um, it's so far, it's been such a great thing for my hair and my client's hair and then everybody who uses it. And so 
um, I'm really, really proud of, of Blast Boss and what we've done so far. And I'm, I'm actually using, for those of you who are watching this podcast, um, the video version of it, I'm actually using Boss Boss right now. I have it in my braids <laughs> um, and I'm going to work out with my hair in these braids and then I'll wash it afterwards. So I'm very excited. Avid yes. user. Yes. I love it because it's just like, there's, sorry, I had to let my dog in. <laughs> I think we know this is like COVID life now, but um, I love it because, you know, it's just like, it's wear and go. Like you really don't have to overthink it. So you can wear it for up to 24 hours. I, on my way back from Chicago, I literally went to spin class in it, went home and rinsed off or to the hotel, went to the Sweat Life working event that night, slept in it, and then flew home in it the next day. So that's my new secret way to use it. And I feel like everybody finds their little secret way. And I love when all my customers call me and they're like telling me like how they use it. I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. You know, so that's what, that's what's just so fun about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's fun about a product that like a community comes around to is they'll yeah. tell you what they want. Uh, and before I forget, it's made of really good stuff. Can you, can oh. you talk through some of what's in it? Absolutely. Um, we're extremely passionate about being transparent about our ingredients. Um, nothing irritates me more to look at a bottle and there's no ingredients listed on it. Um, so we are 100% organic ingredients. Um, we literally are castor oil, jojoba oil, sweet almond oil, rosehip oil, rosemary essential oil, lavender essential oil, and apple cider vinegar in that order. And um, every single ingredient is something that I researched and tested and one of the things that we're really working on is making a farm to product concept. And by that, um, I am on the hunt and sourcing um, every single one of our ingredients that to come from a family farm um, or a farm that is very sustainable and practices um, sustainable and um, the, in the way that they hire people, there's a lot of slave labor um, and farming. So right now, our very our second largest ingredient um, is jojoba oil, and it comes from a third generation family farm in Arizona. So Ooh. it's just really great to get on the phone and talk to Kirk, the the founder of that farm, and just like meet someone who's extremely passionate about what they do. And um, yeah, it's just something that I'm really excited to continue down that that journey. And our ingredients are very, very, very important to us, as they should be. You know what? Until this very moment, I have never thought about what jojoba might look like. <laughs> I have no idea what it looks like because I've only seen it in oil form. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I remember I got online one time and like I ordered like for a photo shoot, like our number one ingredient is, is castor oil. And so I ordered it and I ordered these castor seeds and I'm expecting it to get this big bag of beautiful castor seeds. And it's like, I get five and they're <laughs> tiny and they look like coffee beans. And I'm like, know how I'm going to use this, but it is so fascinating to learn what's in your products and how they do it. And I mean, just talking to Kirk from that farmer, I feel like I've learned so much and it just makes me even more passionate about making sure that we're ensuring that every single ingredient um, is the best quality that we can possibly get, not only for our products, but in the way that we support an ecosystem in our, in our world. Yeah. Um, you might hear my dog barking a little bit. Again, <laughs> COVID life, whatever. Our dogs are dogs our best are, friends. Yeah, yeah. We're, they're here. <laughs> they're here. Um, okay, so Shandy, um, you and I have, have chatted about 
people quite a lot. Um, and you have a mission at, uh, at Boss Gloss about helping people who are survivors of sexual trafficking. Um, yeah. So can you talk us through like what you're doing with that and, and how it relates to Boss Gloss? Absolutely. It's part of the business that I'm the most passionate about. Um, I knew that if I was going to start a business, this go around, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur that it had to, um, encompass, um, a part of, of that story that I have and wanting to help others so much. And, um, so the way I got into actually deciding to help and work specifically in human trafficking, um, it was because of my own story. So, um, you know, boss class, our whole mantra is, you know, to help people not just survive, but really thrive. And whatever that means for you, for my personal journey, um, I was uh, raped at seven years old and um, and did not actually fully and healthfully look at that situation until probably just this last year mm-hmm. and um, didn't really know the tools. And honestly, just realizing that I was de- I was in survival mode my whole mm-hmm. life and did not know that there was another side to that. So as I'm researching, you know, knowing that I had this trauma and trying to work through it, I've always felt deep down called to help human trafficking survivors, obviously because of what happened to me. Um, I just didn't know how or what that would look like. And through the process of building boss loss and researching human trafficking, I saw myself so much in them, which so much so that it encouraged me to actually stop working on boss loss and start working on myself. And um, through that, I now know about this magical place that's on the other side of trauma that I never knew existed. And um, if now I know that my purpose is to help other people get to that place and know that there is another side. And, and one of the ways in which we want to do that is um, thoughtfully building um, a program where um, a lot of these women who've been trafficked um, when they go through recovery have a really hard time finding employment. And um, mainly because either they have felony charges, um, they're struggling and they can get easily triggered and they just kind of need a work environment that's supportive and loving and encouraging and is, is, is well-informed on where they're at in their journey. Um, and we are hoping to provide that. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is not assuming that I know how to do that but actually going and researching and learning and talking to survivors and asking them and, and knowing that. And that's the process that we're at. Um, in the meantime, um, we are donating a portion of our uh, sales to a local organization called Magdalene House, where I personally know every woman there and um, have also been their hairstylist and um, gotten to know them. Prime example is a woman who... Um, we like she's looking for employment even though we can't hire full-time sometimes we'll um, call them and say hey you know would you like to earn some extra money we definitely need some help um because I still currently make boss boss by hand and um and uh her story is she has two felonies her current job options are working at 7-eleven for nine dollars an hour and doesn't have transportation so she has to walk or take the bus which can be very dangerous Um, and, uh, you know, to me, I can't imagine trying to get started, you know, going through that. And she's going through a lot of EMDR while she is 
also um, preparing to face her traffickers in court and put them behind bars. And um, unfortunately, that court situation has been pushed off many, many times and her prolonged trauma. Um, so really just getting to know this woman, being her friend, uh, supporting her, um, you know, has given me an opportunity to um, know deep, more deeply about the actual problem before we go and try to solve it. So yeah, that's where we're at right now. Uh, and thank you so much for, for sharing about your own experience. I know yeah. that it's, it's a journey too. And I know Shandy, you and I have, have spoken, um, now kind of at length about, um, our own traumas. I've, I've written on a sweat life this year for the very first time, um, about my own rape at the age of 16. Um, and I'm, I'm struck honestly by the fact that you and I can both like say that word <laughs> after bearing, bearing yes. it for so many years and also like have a conversation with another yeah. person, um, without like dissolving into tears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or acting out or drinking yeah. a bottle of wine or, um, yeah. Um, I, it's so crazy. Like how I feel like I meet women on my path, you know, and it's like you said, it's a huge testament to where we are now where, you know, we can just say it and not feel like that trauma or that feeling. And, you know, that is something I am so grateful to have, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it, unfortunately, the more I talk about it, the more I have women come up to me and share with me, um, sometimes for the first time they've ever even said it out yeah. loud that something's happened to them. So it's a problem that, you know, like, I don't know what you and I said before, we're like, like, we're going to talk about rape and it's just, you know, unfortunately, um, still really hush hush and, yeah. um, and, uh, which only leads to more shame, I think for victims of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so hopefully, you know, with our stories, you and I can help kind of break that stigma. Um, like we had to break for We had to break it for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, and EMDR is something I did as well. And I know Shandy, you've done it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. that stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just basically the, the best way to put it is, is, um, essentially like coming to, not only like coming to terms with the trauma, but learning, um, to reprocess it and to think about it differently. Yeah, the way my the way my therapist worded it is like you have two wires that got crossed and you need to untangle those wires. Um and um, you know, and so sometimes even now I'm just like, oh, I feel like this wire's crossed with this. Like I like when, in other areas of my life, and I was like, I need to call Carol and like uncross this wire, you know, like and it's so funny because I actually just restarted EMPR again, but for other things in my life. Mm. And, um, it's, it's, it's fascinating and I'm so grateful that I found it. And I had two girlfriends who had been through very, very, very traumatic things in their life and they seemed really high functioning. <laughs> and I was like, you know, how, how is that the case? And whenever they share with me, they had EMDR. Um, I literally took every last penny I had at that time. I was pretty much broke as a hairstylist because I was COVID and I wasn't, taking clients and, you know, had put all this money and I cut my hair career in half. And I was like, I don't know what this EMDR juju is, but I'm going to do it. And actually, um, the universe totally conspires when you do that. And I ended up getting eight sessions, um, complimentary because of, um, 
I was living with a friend of mine that her company supported anybody that um, in the household for oh. mental health services. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I That's know. Incredible. I to, yeah. So I, like I said, and you know, but I got to that point of like, I have to do something. Yeah. I can't, this isn't working anymore. Um, and, um, you know, so I feel like EMDR is, it's weird. I don't know how it really works. I didn't mind it with the phone actually with COVID. It wasn't Same. even, um, eye movement. I was just tapping and, um, you know, now my therapist is like, have you tapped on that? You know, <laughs> That's funny. I, I actually, I bought like tappers for home and I did oh, mine. Cool. <laughs> I did mine over zoom as well. So, um, it's the same thing. I actually like when I started therapy, like at, at that point I was like 34, I was 34 mm-hmm. years old. Um, and I, I remember 30, whatever, 33 or 34. And I, I remember being like, it felt like rock bottom. Like it felt like I was like physically ill. Um, and also like, I couldn't go on. Like if you had told me like, you have to live this exact same life for one more day, I would have been like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, can't do it. So I wrote like, wow. I found a therapy practice, um, wrote an email that was just basically like, uh, like, here's everything yeah. <laughs> um, that I've never dealt with. And then the next day, my first therapist wrote me an email and she was like, I really think EMDR would be helpful for you. Yeah. Um, and then we didn't even start working on it until right before the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> she's so glad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause now, um, it's harder to find an EMDR therapist in the show notes. We'll link to, um, more about EMDR, more about, um, just trauma in general and different trauma therapists and therapy types like EMDR and, and CRT, um, yeah. so that you can find someone in your neck of the woods. If any of this is resonating for you. Um, yeah. but yeah, I found someone and thank God, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was like, it took a whole, like I always say it took a world plague for me to finally get help, you know, and unfortunately, hopefully like this conversation, like is enough for some people, yeah. right. To hear this and be like, Oh, you know what? Like, I don't have to get to that boiling point of desperation, you know, like where it's like, this like is like the final straw, but yeah. sometimes I feel like that's a gift in its own because they call it the gift of desperation, because at that point you're truly opening yourself up to an alternative because yeah. you've been, you've gone through something so intensely that you're like, I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's- yeah. That's super true. Um, cause I, I, I know you and I have talked about essentially like rock bottom moments and, and feeling like the world fell out from under us. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we think about today, like when we think about healing, what does that feel like for you? It gets better and better. And like, it's such an amazing feeling. And another part of my journey is, um, sobriety. So, mm-hmm. um, along with that trauma, I got a nice little alcohol problem. Um, uh, and, and the, the ironic thing with, with, with my drinking is that it was still considered normal by a lot of people. Um, you know, having a bottle of wine every night sometimes is acceptable in our society and, you know, no judgment on that part. But for me, it was, um, it, it was solving a problem or I thought was solving a problem. And what's great is, you know, now for me, um, I get through things a lot quicker and I, I don't just immediately run away or numb anymore. And that's just not with trauma, but that's just with anything in my life. Um, I feel like 
um, I have all these tools now. And um, I also think the other side of this and the healing is, is just, um, it's a level of compassion also that I have for others um, and, uh, and a warmness and an openness that feels more confident. I think that I've always been that person, but I, I struggled with self-worth a lot and um, did not um, come by confidence easily um, in some areas of my life. And um, so I feel like I got a little bit of like war wounds. I, w- I want to battle and I have that, that confidence where I used to see it as like, I'm too much and I'm damaged goods and like who, you know, and, and now I'm just like, like, come at me, man. I've been, so, I, I've got it, you know? And, um, and I think that that's been one of the best things is, you know, the way I kind of describe trauma is um, there's this uh, girl that, uh, she's a friend of mine's daughter and she went through um, rape in middle school and she's like a freshman or sophomore in high school. And I just kind of like, you know, kind of hung out with her and like gone for walks and stuff with her. And um, she shared with me what had happened. And um, she, you know, people tell her, you know, just, you know, you got to move on, you got to get over it. And I was kind of told that. So I never really dealt with it. And mm-hmm. the way I describe things like that is like, um, you go to school. I was like, no, you don't just have to get over it and you have to honor it. And the more we just tell people to get over it, the more it's going to keep happening. So I'm very adamant in saying, no, no, no. Like Mm -hmm. you don't just get over this Mm -hmm. and because it'll, it'll find its way to get, to take over you. So saying it out loud and saying it happened is number one. Number two is yeah, it sucks. And it's not fair. And admitting it's not fair. And, you know, and so when I tell her, I said, listen, it's like you're in school and everybody's given this test called life, right? And you're taking this test and everybody finishes it and they're off going, you know, to like the next level or next grade. And then you're about to walk out the door and the teacher goes, no, 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 Sally, um, here's extra credit that you have to do. (laughs) And it sucks. And you have to do the work. And I think the biggest thing is not being entitled and knowing that, yes, something happened to me, honoring that, but then knowing that I can do, I have to do the work and it's going to be more work in my life. But then I also have like this extra credit, you know, in my life of something that I've overcome that makes me so much more stronger and more resilient, you know? And so I think that for me, that's been the process because, you know, we all have extra credit situations Mm -hmm. in our life. Um, you know, ours happen to be one thing, you know, other people it's, you know, there's disabilities, there's, you know, um, other forms of abuse. There's, um, you know, there's so many, many things. Um, and so I'm a big believer and you, you know, you do what it takes and you get it done and you don't complain. Um, but I've learned that there's a healthy part of, a you speak up. Yeah. So with that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think for me, I, I was experiencing like some pretty severe hypervigilance, um, which also happened to coincide with like the start of the pandemic. So I was afraid of like everyone and everything right. <laughs> um, yeah. for a period of time, you know, like I, I, I had like 
in there were scenarios where I was like, I could use my phone as a weapon if I had to protect myself or like, I mean, every woman has thought about using their keys as a weapon. Uh, but, but like I run scenarios of, of like, if something went wrong right now, like if that man coming at me attacks me, right. Here's what I would do to survive, which is a terrifying loop to live in. <laughs> like just constantly, uh-huh. like if I'm attacked, here's how I'll survive. So getting out of that and like, just being able to like take a walk without without being like, what happens if is, is like such a a breath of fresh air for, for me. Um, and that was like how my PTSD really manifested itself was, was that vigilance. You know, I totally can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I sounds crazy, but I guess we're going there. Um, (laughs) so put like a door or or, I used to put like a chair in front of my door every night and my, yeah. And like people would be like, you know, why, or I'd be afraid to go do things or, you know, I still struggle like with like pumping gas in my car and a guy kind of looks at me the wrong way and, or, you know, and I just get very, you know, cautious, which I think we need, we do need to be, but the way I explain it is like, you know, it's like I saw a movie and I'm afraid like, you know, the man who raped me is on death row for murder now and do you know what I'm saying it's almost like you know what that's like to be around that and you're just on constant constant alert um and just to have some semblance of not having that fear you know is hard I I totally understand that and you feel like a crazy person you know sometimes or people think you're crazy yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah so I think that I'm so happy to hear that you have that relief and I completely understand like that that feeling, you know, of just not, um, just to have a brain that feels more peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and connected to your own body, you know, like living in your own body. Um, yeah. Is yeah. Nice. yeah. Well. Um, I know we've talked a lot about, um, a, a lot about this specific goal of overcoming trauma, which we definitely share our timelines are so similar. Um, and a lot of other women share too. Um, but is, is there any other goal from your past that you want to talk through that you've set and accomplished? You know, um, I, I feel like a goal of mine was to learn how to have healthy goals. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. The goal is the goal, right? Like I, I, I think that, um, a really big lesson I've learned in business and personally is like the why behind my goals. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it, is this a goal? And if so, like, what am I expecting? get out of this goal, you know? And I think having honest conversations with myself about, is this coming from an insecurity? Is this coming from something that I think is going to make me happy? And um, because I've done that, I've done the goals where I feel like it's going to give me some reward, you know, in the long run, like, um, I guess like assess, learning to assess my goals. Like, is this something that's an internal problem that I think something externally is going to somehow fix? but I've had these other goals and I'm, I, I don't know if you're like this, but I, I feel like the more I overcome my fears and having a goal to not, to not, um, let my fears get the better of me. So challenging myself in different ways, like, you know, last year, um, right at the start of my journey, um, right, right, right before I was going to get EMDR though, like two weeks before I actually quit drinking and got sober, I had decided to, um, I, was going to go hike this second tallest mountain in the country. Um, I'm like, I'm not 
crazy athletic, but I'm very active. And like, so for me, this was like, I, I live in Texas where it's, we have no elevation, like period. And so I just, this, it was a hike to raise money for human trafficking survivors. And I was our victims and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go do this. And, um, I told, I did it, but I cried. I had a panic attack. I yelled at really nice people like halfway up the mountain. And I was like, why am I doing this? I'm never doing this again. This was the worst idea ever. And I did it, you know, and I, I'm so proud of myself and I did push myself and did something outside of my comfort zone. And I think goals of mine are just things that push me outside of my comfort zone um, versus things that I think are going to like make me happy, you know? So, um, you know, reassessing that, uh, it has been really great. So it's, it's so interesting. Cause I know, um, I know that there are themes of like, if I do X, then I'll be worthy. Like if I, yes. you know, um, and I, I think I've, I've gone through and overcome that myself too, where, where it was more like, am I, striving to do this because it'll make me worthy of love and attention and, and money and, yep. and whatever else. Totally. Or am I doing this because it actually like puts me on my path to my purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know if you've experienced this when you asked me the question earlier about what's life like now on this other side of trauma. And I think one of the things is, is like realizing like how corny and cheesy and like, like, typical like love yourself meme if this is but truthfully the it's allowed me to be way more confident and just being exactly who I am mm-hmm. and realizing that gosh the world's so much better when I'm just authentic and like m- realizing that giving people the benefit of the doubt you know and life to you know like not feel like I have to fit a mold to to receive love you know yeah. um and also being um learning to be a lot more grown up and realizing that the victim mentality keeps me a victim. So I don't know if you, if you had that same kind of like epiphany, you know, sort of, sort of, but opposite. I think, I think, um, I had built this like walled fortress (laughs) that was my life where like, you know, like I, I, I definitely was showing pieces of myself, but not my whole self. I didn't want to let anybody in. Like I, I just, it was like, stay out. Like I'm safe in here. You stay that out there. Um, yeah. I can only, I can protect myself, um, mm. was kind of where, where I was because I mean, like, honestly, that's what my life had shown me. Um, yeah. and so relearning, like relearning those thought habits that like, no, sure. Like the local law enforcement had let me down and like my parents didn't necessarily know what to say um, to me in those moments because no one had ever talked to them about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and I'm curious with you, you know, because you're, um, I, I was single going through all of this, you know, yeah. and thankfully had great friends, but you know, you're married and yeah. I know that like, there's a lot of women out there. Like what was your experience like going through this with a, a partner who's known you on both sides? Yeah. I mean, he, I, I think is so grateful that I am going through this and getting the help because, because like, honestly, I'm a different, like more loving person. I know, like, I know a lot, but I'm still learning, but like, I know a lot more how to like give and receive love. Um, yeah. 
which is, which sounds like an insane thing to say as a 35 year old adult, <laughs> but like, uh, but, but it's married adult too. Like he married me knowing like, I was kind of like cold and standoffish. <laughs> and I was like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Hugs? <Ugh. laughs> Uh, but I, I think it's, it's really rewarding for him. Cause it's Aww. just like our conversations are so much deeper and like, um, and, and, and like, I, I just like care a lot more about, because I was so worried about protecting myself. Now I feel like I don't have to spend as much time and energy on that. So I can care a lot more about the people in my life. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. That's been a huge one. A huge yeah. one. Like actually feel like I can show up for others so much more, you know, which is the basis of boss class, you know, like the more we get down to it, like we're like, yeah. working, you know, we're really working on our why right now and building that part out. And it's, it is, it's just like, why do we self care? We self care so we can better serve others, yeah. you know? And, and I think that that like ultimately is, you know, the best, one of the best things about finding healing is like you, you're not sucking as much as you're giving, you know, and like yeah. having, and having that space. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a whole person or like close, (laughs) close. Before we take a quick break for some Zen with Sunday scaries, we want to remind you how obsessed we are with their delicious and super effective CBD infused gummies packed with vitamins D3 and B12. Enjoy 20% off on their website with the code LIFE20 so you can enter max relax mode. That's L-I-F-E 20. Now I want you to settle into your seat or your stride and try a no-nonsense mantra with me. I am doing the best that I can. Now commit to those words and say them again. I am doing the best that I can. Say it to yourself two more times. there. That's not so scary. Now go take on the day. Um, should we talk about future goals? Do you want to tell me what is a big goal that you're striving for and why is it important to you? I, I feel like the world is like my oyster now that I just like, I don't have this huge block, you know? Um, and it's, I mean, I, I have pretty audacious goals and, um, I think that's one of the things I've learned to like the most about myself is, you know, my business partners, I think really big and they like to bring me <laughs> like, it's very hopefully back down yeah. to like some level of realistic, you know, expectation. <laughs> and, um, and I, so one of the things that I, I, I have a big goal on is, um, there are, um, in particular, um, in Iraq, there are still 2,800 women who are being held um, as sex slaves for ISIS. And I read this amazing book by this woman named Nadia Murad. And um, Nadia was a survivor of not only the genocide in Iraq, but also being a human trafficking sex slave for ISIS. And she's one of the very few women who's, who's escaped. Um, and it's so crazy because I read her story and Nadia, her dream was to be a hairstylist. And I'm a hairstylist. And it was 
just this weird bond that I've had with her. And so I, you know, am newly sober, like learning all this stuff and um, decided to get online and do a course on Coursera, which is so fun. I recommend it to anybody on women's health and human rights. And I highly, highly recommend this course from Stanford on women's health and human rights. If anybody wants to just know more about what's really going on in the world, um, it's completely opened my eyes and lit a fire in me for sure. And um, so I read Nadia's story and I wrote the woman who start, who's running Nadia's initiative on LinkedIn and just like reached out to her. And I also like listened to this amazing podcast of this woman um, her name is Colonel Linda Murnane, and she was an international and human rights lawyer for the UN and worked in Rwanda and was extremely um, um, inspired by her story. And I reached out to her on Facebook. <laughs> and so like, I think just going for it and asking. And um, so one of my goals is to um, work abroad um, and helping in two ways. And one is to get these women out. And the second way is to um, use my skills as a hairstylist um, to actually give these women a skill and something tangible and using like my passion for entrepreneurship and creativity and, you know, really building, um, building a, having confidence in something that you can do that's for yourself. And I, I'm just following that path, but I don't know if I told you something really cool that happened at Sweat Working Week. And oh, I you're all about the community. Um, so we had our booth and we're, so that's the backstory of kind of like what I want to do. And we have this booth there and this woman comes up with her mom and she's, we, we tell her about the side of the human trafficking that we're working on and all that. And she, she goes, oh my gosh, she goes, you have to connect with my friend. Um, my friend is a hairstylist who helps women who've been human in human trafficking learn how to do hair in India. And she's there right now. And I started like crying. <laughs> she started crying. I just like, couldn't believe it. Like, I am such a big believer. If you are follow your heart and you follow your path, like so many of these things like line up. Um, so I'm like, she connected us and like, I mean, first of all, to even know that that is a thing. You yeah, know, yeah. like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like out of all the, if I ended up, if anything came out of Chicago, if that was the one thing that came out, like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. it, and she knew it was something special that we connected. And like, so one of my big audacious goals is to just see like what I can do as one person who can really help make a difference and, and not limit it, you know, and if I can even just help free one woman like just, I want to free thousands, but I can just even just do one, you know, and feel like I, 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 I think that that's where this is leading for me. Yeah. And I mean, it's really remarkable too, because I know this isn't your first startup, right? No, <laughs> nor shall it probably be my last. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's the entrepreneurial journey, but, but it's like, you're, you're so passionate about this. The mission is so like, clear and yes it's a, it's a hair product but it's a hair product that like empowers uh, you and others to do so much more um, yeah so I, I can like you're breathing your purpose and I can like feel it coming off yeah. of you oh that makes me really happy because it's been a long journey to get here you know and I think that that's 
another really big part of this story is like, you know, how long I felt like a crazy person and denying myself of something I felt deeply in my heart, you know, and, um, it just, you know, realizing that even like your crazy goals and your crazy dreams, like, you know, maybe they're not really that crazy and they're not as far away as you actually think they are. And if you just take that one little step, you know, like to see and like speak it out into the world. And my thing is, is like, I like to speak things out loud because it feels like I'm like making it real, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I, I, I was in a very depressed place, uh, about two years ago when I had my other startup, that was a brilliant idea. And I kind of call it like, it's like the great guy on paper that like looks like the perfect husband, you know? And then, but I just wasn't in love with it you know, and then I went through the phase of like, okay, well, let me like have a baby to save the marriage. I'm going to go and get (laughs) half a million in investment, you know, because that'll fix everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let me just get more money. And and I literally had all these meetings lined up with investors and I had $30 to my name at that point. And just remember, honestly, like just being like, this isn't, what am I doing? And I wrote down the four things I wanted in my life. And it was to volunteer, um, travel um to have a partner and like this amazing community of people who like to be active and go do things and and you know like all that stuff is really showing up now but I I was like gosh like getting half a million dollars and doing this this isn't on my list so what am I doing I canceled all my meetings and I just remember like calling a friend I was like I I feel like I'm so conflicted about these two different people that I can be I feel like I'm either gonna go and like proverbially join the Peace Corps or I'm going to run a million dollar company. And I, I feel like I had to choose. And then I was driving around a few months ago and I was like, Oh, you're going to do both. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to sit still and go through a little bit of pain and a little bit of surrender, actually a lot of surrender and just completely like a admit that I needed help. That was huge. Like, I think the biggest and one of the hardest things and the bravest things anybody can do in this world, if you have any goal in your life, it's like, if you need help, ask for it. And that's something you and I both have had to do. We had to get Mm -hmm. to that point where we're like, oh my gosh, like I have to finally do it. And then you realize it's so, it's, it's, it's so hard. And it's the first step of many, you know, um, and I I'm grateful. I'm really grateful that, you know, um, I've had that experience and have had the support, you know, and I, like, again, I think, you know, when you go through that, you're like, okay, like, how can I now pay it back? How can I pay this forward? Like, you know, you doing what you do with a sweat working week and now sharing your story on your platform, like is so huge. And like, you know, it's going to help so many other women. And, you know, I, I think that you and I are testaments that you can be very passionate about something. And then also share your story at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You can be both strong and, um, a survivor uh, at the totally. exact same time. Yeah. Oh, Shandy, I could talk to you forever. Um, Me too. is, is there anything you next week? Yeah. <laughs> Come on up. Um, I'll convert this room back into a bedroom. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want listeners to know about boss gloss or where to find it before we, yeah, this absolutely. Up? Uh, I, Honestly, like if you've struggled with any kind of hair issues, I boss boss really is the kitchen sink um, of hair products. Um, it's for 
scalp issues. It helps stimulate growth. It uh, repairs your end. Um, it makes it super, super shiny. Um, it's it's really like something that I think that anybody can use. And so far, everybody who's used it has had amazing results, me included. I still get like giddy every time I use it because I'm like, as a hairstylist, I'm like, this is hands down the best treatment I've ever used. Um, and uh, I don't just say that, but I really do believe it. Um, but if you go to bossgloss.com, and like I said, currently right now, any bottle that you buy does help us help others. So um, just give it a go and give it a try. And we are still very small and love to communicate with our customers. So if you just want to reach out to us or have any questions, if it's right for you, like we or open book, or if you yourself are struggling with um, trauma or sexual abuse or rape or anything, I know that Gina, you and I are both 100% willing um, to aid or help anybody in any way we can and give them the tools and the resources. So um, if anybody is in that place, um, please Instagram, email on the website. Um, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Um, same goes for me. And, and, um, if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to us, uh, I also would recommend Googling, um, rape crisis center. There are local resources absolutely everywhere. Uh, Google has a great way of localizing that for you, or you could say rape crisis center yeah. in city where you live, yeah. um, and, and find a resource and call a number. You don't even have to say your name, but they'll give you tools. Yeah. And I think the what you and I both can attest to is we wish you would have done this sooner. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, and if there's anybody that's even somewhat questioning whether or not to do this, um, there, it's never too late and it's never too early. Yeah. Your life can get better <laughs> on the other side. Ah, well, this has been another episode of We Got Goals. Shandy, thank you for joining me. Um, thank you to Ryan Deffitt for audio production and Ryan Barayuga for video production. And Shandy, thank you. Gina, thank you so much. I'm just so glad that the universe brought us together and um, I'm I'm really proud of you and grateful to know you. Oh gosh, same. <laughs> and thanks to you, dear listener, uh, for being a friend of ours. Bye.